Panoply, Panorama, Panpipe, Pansy, Aha, Pansexual, Knowing No Boundaries of Sex or Gender. Sound interesting? Then join Sally on Sundays at noon for Out of the Pan. All those gender questions making you think too hard? Whether it's transgender, bisexual, polyamorous or beyond, we'll throw those questions into the pan and cook up the answers for you. So go on, push that gender envelope only on 3CR 855 AM digital and 3cr.org.au. CR 855am, 3CR digital, 3cr.org.au and 3CR on demand. Out of the pan with Sally, first broadcasting noon to one every Sunday afternoon. Thanks for your company. 
3CR proudly broadcasts from the lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation and we pay respects to Elders past, present and emerging and acknowledge any Aboriginal and or Torres Strait Islander people listening into the show live or via podcast, repeat or on demand. And the acknowledgement is that the language used in this show is more of a Western or Anglo-Saxon nature. And opened up today, well, I can't remember if I've ever played that song before. If I haven't, I should have, um, particularly at this time of year, because in the middle of this week on Wednesday, it is Canadian National Day. So I opened up with Gene Pitney and Trans-Canada Highway. And that was a pun as well. And we acknowledge any transgender, diverse, non-binary and two-spirit peoples um, listening from um, the part of the world that is now called Canada. Close to the home, though. Well, it's close to the home, but it is, you know, everywhere in the world. Um, of course, in the last few months, um, everyone has been um, hit by the situation that is COVID-19. It's been a pervasive time, to quote the word of my guest, Karen Field, from a few weeks back. And it's, but it can, you know, despite all the phrases about we're all in this together, I am wondering about that. And I've been wondering if the degree of marginalisation we would face in usual times has been exacerbated or have people come through it? And that particularly applies, I mean, today for trans and gender diverse people. One person who's really dug in to find out is my guest, um, Sam Elkin. Sam, um, you're no stranger to 3CR, but always good to have you back. Thanks, Ellie. And as we like to do, I use the pronouns she, her, and if it's okay to ask, wondering which pronouns you use, if any. Uh, I use he, him, or they, them. Thanks, Sam. We'll honour your gender identity, but you want to honour, well, people of all diverse gender identities, um, particularly transgender, diverse and non-binary, and how we've been going for the last four months, and you've decided to start a podcast. Um, what's it called? And what was there a particular moment where you began thinking about that? Yeah, it's called Transdemic, Trans and Gender Diverse Experiences of the Global Pandemic. And um, I guess we're three months into, you know, lockdown now, um, particularly in Victoria due to the COVID-19 pandemic. And um, I was actually reading a um, book about the a plague year in London by Daniel Defoe. And I just thought, wow, it's so amazing to get historical perspective on these kind of events as they happened and what the kind of quirks of, you know, everyday life was during a pandemic. And wouldn't it be great to record our, you know, contradictory and complex emotions and experiences during this time? So I guess that's where the idea for the podcast came from. Yeah, there's been a bit of, a little bit of that. Um, you know, people, I think there was a film in the early 2010s pandemic and um, people rereading Albert Camus, The Plague, and all that sort of thing. And sort of there is that historical comparison. And, of course, um, people whose sense of gender identity and gender expression have existed all over the world since humanity began but probably didn't have their um, histories documented in, say, things like the Spanish influenza outbreak of the early 20th century, around 1918, and all that sort of thing. But, of course, we've always been there this time you know, um, we're documenting them. And we have, of course, we're recording this thing, um, conversation today by the wonders of technology, the internet, which is helping to bring us together. And worth mentioning this weekend on the anniversary of Stonewall, um, at the time we go to air, um, 
you know, yesterday will have been a huge global pride celebration online for those who can access it. Um, but, you know, we need to tell our stories and, you know, you've decided to um, do this. Um, flesh it out a bit more, sort of what sort of things have you been talking about? Yeah, so we've got uh, four episodes. Um, the first one's going to go to air uh, Sunday, um, the 29th, I think it is. Um, and that's about, um, sorry, Sunday, the 28th of June. Um, yep. That's uh, trans healthcare and experiences of disability during the pandemic. So looking at people who either managed to get their gender affirming surgeries right before the pandemic, um, some people that had to delay beginning um, mm-hmm. HRT um, because of the pandemic and um, people with chronic illnesses and disabilities experience of um, discrimination and stigma and concerns around access to medical care if hospitals get overrun. So that's what episode one is all about. Um, episode two is about policing the pandemic. So mm. that's about trans experiences of the bans on public gathering. Um, we're talking to um, Dylan from a sex worker organisation, Vixen, yep. about the ban yep. on sex work. And um, I've also interviewed Tarnine from Warriors of the Aboriginal Resistance about organising the Black Lives Matter protest during the pandemic and the you know media fallout from that. So, yeah, that's episode two. Um, episode three is about social isolation and love online. So how TGD people are connecting with each other, either um, through, you know, hookups online, romance, um, connecting with family and, yeah, particularly heard it from a lot of people supporting people who are overseas, particularly in the United States and how challenging that's been um, given the issues in their healthcare system. Mm. And then the last episode's called Home Economics to bring us out. So we're having a look at people that have lost their jobs um, and people that are struggling with homelessness, but also, I suppose, on the flip side, how people have been reorienting themselves in the home. So how they're making home a nice place for them through art and creativity, music and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's been an absolute privilege getting to chat to over 25 people across the country about their experiences. And I really hope that listeners enjoy getting a kind of kind of deeper perspective on what's going on for trans and gender diverse communities during the pandemic. You've covered a whole range of issues there. And as you were, um, re, you know, listing them off, and I was <laughs> massively jotting them down. Um, there's so many things that um, I could ask about, but um, oh, there's one thing I want to start with. I mean, this show is going to air live on Sunday, the 28th of June. So, what time does the first episode go up, Australian Eastern Standard Time? Well, not entirely sure. Um, I'm going to say 5 p.m. on Sunday. All right then. Well, we can, people, that's that's a win-win from me. People can either yep. listen to this show live or listen to the podcast as soon as it goes up, and then they'll know about it. Um, anyone would think we planned this or something, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which is written no, seriously really good. And I think you've struck on a whole range of issues there. I mean, I'm going to tease through them sort of one by one. You mentioned, you know, the first episode going up today will be. Um, trans and disabilities. Um, drop a couple of hints, let's say, um, a teasers as I like to call them. What sort of things might we be talking, hearing about there? Yeah, well, um, 
I speak with, uh, let me see, Teddy, uh, who works over at Acon in Sydney about um, his experiences uh, setting up Trans Hub, which is a trans and gender diverse sort of access point during the pandemic. And one of the unexpected benefits of the pandemic for sexual health in terms of um, the lowering of STI rates, which I was really um, kind of makes sense given that we've all mm. been locked down, but um, I hadn't mm. thought about that as an un- unintended benefit of the pandemic. Um, yeah, we talk about, uh, you know, a lot of issues around access to hormone replacement therapy mm. and try and tease out, well, what are these global supply chains we're all relying on and, you know, how vulnerable are they and um, have a bit of a chat about that. Um, we talk about access to electrolysis and intimate care like that during the pandemic. Oh, yeah. And then, of course, the, um, I suppose, uneven way in which the ban has been maintained. So, you know, for example, you can get a, you know, bikini wax now, you can get a tattoo um, which is, you know, a very kind of intimate procedure where you're spending a lot of time with one person, but you can't, um, you know, sex work brothels are still, you know, banned as of today. So we talked with Dylan, as I mentioned about that, and the experience of sex workers really being trailblazers for sexual health, um, you know, hygiene and health practices across history, which was a really interesting chat. So, yeah, we talk about a lot of things. And also I speak to Jack's Jackie Brown about trans and gender diverse people with disabilities and their, their, you know, I think quite considerable fears around accessing healthcare if the system gets overrun. Yeah. Look, there's a few things in there. I mean, um, you know, Dylan and Peaches from Vixen Collective, Victoria's peer-based sex work org, um, had a chat with me, I think it's uh, four weeks ago today, just around the time of International Sex Workers Day. And they... You know, I, I reaffirm what they said and what you've just said, that this, there's just such a double standard going on um, in relation to that, um, that, yeah, you can get a bikini wax, but you can't have intimate touch, which I think a lot of people uh, of all sorts are missing. And I'm thinking trans and gender diverse and then, you know, people who, you know, are bi, bi plus, poly, that sort of thing. That's been reports that have come in with those intersections as well. Also got to mention that Vixen Collective has a new website as of this week, which is pretty cool, um, which Peach has designed. So there's something. If um, our sex workers have, well, in careers counselling language, a second skill, please try to support them in that at the moment because, as you said, they're doing it really tough and you just don't hear about sex work being, well, restarted or sex on-premises, that sort of thing. Um, so, yeah, huge issues there. And, I mean, one other one that's come up for me, I might just get your thoughts on this, is that the fact that, you know, gender affirmation surgery is still considered elective and or non-essential, and I almost feel a bit sick having to use those words, is really frustrating. I think the pandemic situation has brought that home and it's something that perhaps, um, you know, I think we really need to prioritise now. It's, you know, just... I know not everyone has surgery, of course, in the trans community, but it really gets to a point where where something like that is just shoved aside is really frustrating. And I suppose both your, your thoughts on that one, both in terms of what I'll call usual times and pandemic times. Yeah, we talked about that quite a bit on episode one, actually. Um, my One of my co-hosts, Darcy O'Connell, is actually a... Um, 
a transmasculine junior doctor. So Darcy was a good person to have a bit of a discussion with about that issue because I know that the term elective surgery is really, um, you know, possibly not a good fit. Um, And, you know, Darcy's saying in the podcast that elective just means not critically urgent. It doesn't mean Mm. that you could take it or leave it. But um, I think that, you know, for a lot of people and not just trans and gender diverse people having you know, gender affirmation procedures. I think a lot of people find the term elective surgery really um, like rude and offensive and doesn't kind of like sum up their experience about needing, you know, quite serious healthcare. Um, so we were talking about, you know, the possibility of changing the, the concept of elective surgery and changing it to like not urgent or something like that. But um, Johnny um, Valkyrie, who's one of the people I interviewed on the podcast, um, they actually managed to get their gender-affirming surgery two days before the lockdown. And um, they were talking about how they were, you know, genuinely considering having to, you know, um, enter a psych ward if they weren't able to get their gender-affirming healthcare because they'd been waiting so long and were so distressed about the whole thing. So, yeah, it's a it's an interesting and fraught issue in balancing the um, healthcare needs of the community against the potential risk to healthcare workers. So Darcy mentioned the fact that, you know, one of the real concerns around having surgical operations at this time is the anaesthetist having to have such an intimate role managing a person's airwaves while they're unconscious and that that can be a real time where, you know, viruses like coronavirus can be transferred. So that was an interesting perspective that I wasn't entirely aware of. So, yeah, I found it really interesting to have a chat with a doctor about that stuff. Okay. Since the pandemic was starting, I think what we've seen that any pre-existing inequality and discrimination was actually really heightened during the pandemic. For LGBTIQ people seeking asylum, the differences were in the fact that as any other asylum seekers, they are on bridging visas. And it is really difficult to find employment on the bridging visa. A lot of LGBTIQ people seeking asylum are not eligible for Medicare. And so in situations before when they were able to work and had any specific medical needs, now there was no jobs anymore. People seeking asylum are not eligible for any government income support. And so for many that men they cannot meet their health needs at all. Tricia, your station in struggle and solidarity. To donate, go to 3cr.org.au. questions or there's a couple of thoughts a thought and a question that comes out of that should mention two things um one i forgot to mention at the start that any opinions on this show are strictly my own opinion and today you're appearing in your capacity as an individual but i'll come back to that a little later on also um while i chat with sam um if you want to get in touch with the show um sort of during the live broadcast the first broadcast or afterwards lots of ways to do it you can email out of the pan 855 at gmail.com SMS 61456751215, tweet at Sal Gold said so, and that's the bottom line. Look for the posts on Facebook um, 
my page is Ali Goldner and out of the pan 3CR at 5.5am and should point out that if there is anything remote, even to whatever degree distressing, switchboard on 1800 1845-27 as part of QLife and um, well, I'll come back, might touch on the other number that we need, always mention, um, with respect for family violence for LGBTI people, 1-800-542-847. I just wanted to ask, um, which state or territory, if I may ask, is Darcy in? Because I didn't know we had um, um, such a, um, a person around. Um, I mean, I know there's <laughs> lots of trans health professionals, but, um, you know, we're, uh, we're, oh, I didn't know Darcy, to be honest. Yeah, Darcy is um, a good friend of mine. They they live in Victoria. They live in one of the COVID hotspots in the oh. city of Moreland. And, um, but Darcy's a junior doctor, so does a lot of rotations um, across the state and is currently up in northern Victoria at the moment. Um, so, yeah, learning, learning the tools of the trade as a junior doctor all around the state right now. Wow, who knows? Um, I mean, obviously their career is their choice, but I'm wondering one day if they want to become a surgeon, they could, um, you know, we need more trans surgery people doing the trans surgery in this country. Um, yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, which is an, another issue in itself in, well, both, you know, usual and these times. Um, we touched on an issue, and I, I think that I would have to say general content warning here because this is, a you know, a big one, police and strictly, strictly acknowledging you're on this show as an individual, but when you are at your usual office, it's not far from a police station where, of course, a few weeks ago something you know pretty poor happened um, in terms of tweeting a photograph, which, given that that's in the city of Port Phillip, the home of Pride March and the Pride Centre, that was pretty abysmal, but there's mountains of issues there. Um, you know, again, let's um, drop the teaser. Um, what sort of things have come up in relation to police? Yeah, well, unsurprisingly, Sally, a lot of my guests talked about, you know, minority communities, people experiencing disadvantage, people that don't have a home to go to, being harder hit by the policing of the pandemic. Um, we had a really interesting chat with Dylan actually about the um, the limited value of finding people as a kind of health strategy. Um, so using the, you know, Public Health Act to to dish out, you know, really hefty $1,600 fines for people that, you know, might not be social distancing because they don't have a home to go to is just, yeah, both really cruel but also mm. a very ineffective way of actually dealing with people, um, you know, not being able to obey certain health messages. So we have a chat about that. And also, you know, we couldn't help but discuss the, you know, massive um, social movement that's going across the world at the moment in relation to Black Lives Matters and the way that um, the public health debate has has played out in that sphere. So, yeah, I was really grateful to speak to Tarnine Onis-Williams from Warriors of the Aboriginal Resistance mm -hmm. about organising the Black Lives Matter here in Melbourne during the pandemic and the massive work that they did to get, you know, 50,000 masks um, and, you know, heaps and heaps of hand sanitizer to make sure that everybody was safe at the Black Lives Matter rallies. So, yeah, that was a fascinating discussion as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to throw something in there that there's been all this kerfuffle about, you know, um, you know 10,000 marches and what is it? There's been, I think, a maximum of three COVID case positive tests and everyone's going, well, they shouldn't have got together, rah, 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 yet look at where all the clusters are happening now. And I really think we need to point out the double standards in what the media reporting of that and only 
I will say the good media like SBS, I think, has done a report pointing out that hypocrisy and, you know, how um, a lot of mainstream media really twisted that. And I also have to say, I don't think I remember a lot of criticism earlier on when there was that gathering on the steps of Parliament with the conspiracy theorists. It was all about individual freedom. So I think there's a lot of, you know, double standard issues that could come in there and we'll be eagerly awaiting that and acknowledging my white and non-Aboriginal privilege to sending solidarity to Black Lives Matter. Um, I'm going to come back. Um, I'm going to bring it up now. I've actually, I'm just going to digress a bit. I've been a bit, um, I'm going to be a bit vulnerable here. I actually did the Harvard implicit bias test and well, I do have some unconscious bias and it's really left me thinking. And I suppose we don't know about it. And, you know, I'm still, you know, working through that. And I suppose we just sometimes don't realise that we might have it. And so, I, you know, hopefully that will boost the sense of allyship. I don't know what all the answers are yet, but good on you for reaching out to that. And, yeah, huge solidarity to Black Lives Matter. I mean, what we've you know, seen in America and, you know, things happening in Australia, of course, with Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders, just, I, I think it's incomprehensible, really, to someone who isn't part of that community directly, or communities, and, you know, we just need to shush and listen and learn. Um, so that's a good one um, that we really need to get on the map. And then the other one, well, you know, you talked about sex in isolation, um, how do you do sex in isolation? I mean, Dylan and Peaches a few weeks ago touched on not everyone has access to webcams and it's going to be a crowded market um, for sex workers. But generally speaking, going beyond that important issue, what, uh, again, teases on that one? Yeah, that was a really interesting discussion as well. Um, I had a chat with um, Jinghua uh, Kwan about um, different kinds of online um, sexy chats and, you know, doing different kinds of... Um, yeah, kind of hookups in a way that they hadn't done before. And um, they were also talking about this concept of, I don't know if I'm going to say it right, um, coronobogamy, <laughs> corona-enforced no, corona monogamy. Um, <laughs> and they've recently written an article about that in MTV magazine as well about the way that the lockdown has actually made a lot of, um, you know, poly people actually kind of forced into monogamy, which they may not have done um, for, for many, many years and how that's impacted on individual people's relationships. So, yeah, that was a really interesting discussion and actually also had a bit of a chat with um, Nevo uh, about, yeah, actually meeting new people during lockdown and how to negotiate um, you know, communication around whether or not you can touch, you know, at what point you break the bubble and let somebody into your bubble and that creating, you know, kind of less casual way of beginning a, a you know, hookup or, or interaction or romance with somebody, which I found really fascinating. So, yeah, I loved having a chat with all of those people about that stuff. Okay. So just um, that word, which I'll have to go and practice, um, given that I've only heard it for the first time, <laughs> coronamogamy or something. Um, it's sort of a bit, um, you know, sort of it's a bit... Um, I haven't quite you know, got it yet, have I? That's what I think, did I? Um, was that on NTV or M for Mary TV, um, did you say? Uh, yeah, M MTV, like music TV, you know. Okay, then. I'm going to check that one out and I'll put the link to it underneath um, the... Uh, podcast or um, hyperlink yeah, it into the podcast. Article. I think that's a great one. And of course, um, I think you you mentioned you spoke to the Fab Nervosa Zin. Um, yeah, um, is, if you're just confirming that. Yeah, yeah, that's right. 
yeah, look, an awesome contributor to our diverse communities. Um, and they do just great work declaring the interest that they're a colleague of mine at Transgender Victoria. It's, um, you know, do, do fantastic stuff. So, yeah, then I'll be interested to hear that one as well. And, well, you know, a sobering one, you know, the situation in America with, you know, well, I don't even want to mention his name, the current president of the United States and that person's attacks on the trans and gender diverse and non-binary and two-spirit communities just... It is just the beggar's belief, I suppose, to some extent is the best thing I, or the least, um, the politest thing I can say um, on air. Um, how, you know, I just can't, you know, and given that, you know, the virus seems to be somewhat, you know, out of control there, as it is in other countries, but how are people going in the US? Um, I'll throw that teaser in as well. Yeah, I had a chat with... Um Darcy, who's another colleague of yours from <laughs> Victoria, actually, um, about that issue. Um, they talk about supporting a, a partner who's in the United States and, mm. and how difficult that's been given the um, issues around access to healthcare that everybody has in the United States and the fact that, yeah, you know, there's this massive civil rights movement going on while there's a really hostile um, leader in charge who seems to be quite, um, you know, uh, heavy handed in his approach. So yeah, I think it's a really uncertain time and is making feel people feel really vulnerable because they've got people that they love and care for that are, you know, on the other side of the world. And and you realize in moments like this, how far away you are from your loved ones and how difficult it can be to truly support people, you know, online. Very, very true. And, um, yeah, it is a sobering thing. And, yeah, um, I know, <clears throat> well, I don't think it's too much to say that I know Darcy usually takes annual leave to get over to the North American summer at this time of year and obviously it won't be happening. So I'll send, we send our thoughts to, <laughs> to a, wonderful, a wonderful colleague and many others.
thing we've just talked about. You talked about how people are trying to do things at home with creativity and trying to find positivity. Um, let's counterbalance those, you know, as, as this <clears throat> um, Libran um, bi-plus person might say, let's put some balance in. How do we um, find some positivity in these, you know, pervasive times? Yeah, well, the funny thing is that a lot of people I spoke to shared a lot of the feeling that I'd privately been having that the pandemic in many ways has been a really good experience because it's allowed us to, you know, pause, um, mm. have more time at home, you know, a bit less time commuting to and from work on the train. Mm. Um, you know, my commute was like an hour and 15 minutes to and from work every day. And, you know, so I've actually been getting two and a half hours back of my life to, mm. you know, sleep in, do hell, do a bit of yoga, um, you know, actually do kind of self-care around the home. And a lot of people talked about both their anxiety being, um, you know, minimised during the pandemic because so many of the stresses in their everyday lives weren't at play. Many people talked about not being misgendered um, every day. I spoke to Roz Bellamy about that, the um, editor of Archer magazine. I spoke to Eve, Dr Eve Rees at La Trobe about that issue, about how, for non-binary people, you know, this is perhaps the first time in their lives when they haven't been misgendered, you know, 500 times a day. And that coming out of lockdown um, for some has been even a bit of a difficult experience because they've been living in this, you know, beautiful non-gendered bubble where the people in their lives, you know, understand them and respect their pronouns. Then going back to the big harsh world where it's not always like that has been difficult itself. So, yeah, it's been really fascinating to see the different ways that the pandemic has been helping and hurting people's mental health um, and all the kind of creative, funny things that people do to, to support each other, um, you know, making each other food and setting it in the post, writing letters um, for the first time in two decades, all, lots of beautiful stories like that. It is, it is very much that. And, I mean, on a dry, humid note um, at this end, um, I'm reminded of that um, meme, introverts of the world unite quietly together in our own homes via the internet. So I've had a fair bit of that. And um, at the time of recording this on the 26th of June for the 28th, as it goes, goes to our life, damn, I've broken the fourth wall. But today's um, take your dog to work day. Well, I haven't had to do too much to get that happening. I've just had to walk in from my office to the lounge room. Um, and um, I have must admit I have had to tidy my home office and, um, you know, I used to have a whole pile of coats and the long glammy dresses piled on a few chairs. Well, I bought a coat rack and um, tidied up and now it's covered in rainbow flags as a backdrop for the interview um, and trans flags and pan flags. Um, so um, we can, you know, a small, small way of making it work. And I think that is the case. But on a, the really serious note, yeah, I suppose I've been reflecting a lot on, where the gaps are in life and how to remedy them because we do have that time. We're not, you know, stuck in, you know, crowded public transport vehicles or, um, you know, stuck in traffic, that sort of thing. So it has had its, its pros and cons. Well, look, it sounds like an awesome series, Sam. There's one thing I want to say. You've done this largely on your own time as a volunteer. Is that correct? 
Yeah, I've taken some annual leave from work and just decided to embark on what's become quite a massive project of, um, yeah, doing this podcast. But we did get some support from the City of Maribyrnong. We got a small grant from them to get some recording equipment. And, yeah, I've just been doing it with um, Gemma Caffarella, who's uh, my partner and longtime collaborator, and Darcy O'Connell, who I mentioned, um, my friend who's a TGD doctor. We've just been doing it you know, while, while in lockdown. Um, so it's been a really awesome project and I feel like I've made new connections all across the country. So I definitely recommend starting a podcast to anybody who's feeling, feeling a bit lonely because, um, yeah, you meet people and have, get to have really deep and interesting conversations without having to worry about mindless chit-chat. Well, you've got to say why. I've, that's why I've done about seven, as if I've got this right, 715 episodes of Out of the Pan on a Personally, I just love listening to people's stories. There's something awesome and energising about it, and it really is. And so thank you for doing it. Um, you know, I'm just wanting to check in, do two things. Do you need any further funding for it? I mean, are you out of pocket in any way or anything like that? We've got a Patreon um, if people want to support us. I mean, there are so many things that people, you know, can and should support right now, and particularly given that it's just before the end of the financial year. Yes. Um, you know, I would definitely encourage people to support Scarlet Alliance's, um, you know, sex worker mm. um, fund, um, which I know is still going. That They're giving, you know, direct aid to sex workers every week. So, I'd direct people there. I'd direct people to Warriors the Aboriginal Resistance page um, to donate to them, Black Rainbow, um, so many awesome places. Um, but, yeah, if you if once you've done all that and you <laughs> want to support us as well, um, you're welcome to, if you just go onto Patreon and search um, Transdemic, you can, yeah, throw us a few dollars and we'd really appreciate it. And um, you can also get a Transdemic T-shirt if you want a piece of merchandise history. Oh, all right. That sounds like a good thing. Look, it is, <clears throat> I'd better declare conflict of interest, Tom, because, yes, there is lots of things to support. Um, obviously, 3CR station appeal. Um, I'd better mention that now just to be sure in case so I don't get um, terse emails from station management. No, not true. Um, but also you can support Transgender Victoria and some, I'll throw in a quick snippet of news, trans family achieve tax deductible status during the week. So, there are lots of great causes, but I would totally acknowledge in these times of hashtag Black Lives Matter, you know, supporting um, warriors of Aboriginal resistance, Black Rainbow, and, yeah, totally acknowledging the stress of Scarlet Alliance. But I'm, I'm all for a queer T-shirt, so I think I might go on to your Patreon there. Um, great. You know, because, um, the ones I have always seem to wear out through happy, happy overuse. And the last thing is, therefore, when the podcast goes up, where do we find it? Yeah, so I'm placing it on Anchor FM, which is a um, podcast app, but basically that pushes it out onto all of the other platforms. So by Sunday, pretty much wherever you get your podcast, you'll be able to find Transdemic. So it's up on all the big ones now, like Apple and all that. So you shouldn't have any trouble. Just put it into whatever podcast app you use and you'll be able to find it there but if you are struggling just go on to transdemic.com and you'll be able to find it and we're putting transcripts up of every episode as well so if you um, do need a transcript or prefer to read a transcript instead of listening to the audio you can you can read it on there as well there has to be a transcript of course that's right uh, we love it um, look Sam it's a great initiative thank you for doing it on your leave and I think 
you know, in this time we need, you know, that sense of boost and connection. And I think that the, without even listening to it from everything, all the hints and teasers you've dropped, I know that this will do it. And it's really good to have that sense of, well, visibility for our communities. Sam, thanks for coming on to the show today and agreeing to do this conversation at relatively short notice. Thanks so much, Sally. Country's covered in the blood of Aboriginal people, and the length and breadth of it. Australia's a part of an undeclared war and a secret invasion, and it began 250 years ago this year. Now, we have a country that's built on lies, deceit, fraud, propaganda, and race hatred indoctrination. Now, it's been 250 years of us being oppressed in our own land, brutally. We might be oppressed, but we understand what freedom is, and we fight for it every day, and we've resisted this occupation since day one. And I predict colonialism, capitalism, imperialism is going to get knocked out cold by about mid this year. Tricia, your station in struggle and solidarity. To donate, go to 3cr.org.au.
It's June 2020. Australia is three months into a lockdown due to the COVID-19 pandemic that has gripped the world. The scale of this global pandemic is unprecedented. It's a big historical moment and will be looked back upon for a long time to come. We are finding ourselves, I think, in the most remarkable of moments. This podcast will focus on how trans and gender diverse people have experienced the pandemic. I just feel like my experience at the moment is so peculiar. It's a great relief to be able to talk to someone specifically about this, about being trans in COVID. It's weird. It's really weird. We want to make sure that trans and gender diverse experiences and voices are heard and recorded. I really do feel like I'm in a chrysalis. I'm changing while everything in the world is going on around me. We've spoken to trans and gender diverse people across Australia about their experiences. Being at home is the first time I've not been misgendered daily or had to deal with microaggression. Emergency world events always bring about some attention to non-compliant bodies. Presented by Sam Elkin, Jenna Caffarella and myself, Darcy O'Connell, Transdemic will feature discussions about the cancellation of elective surgeries and the race to get chest surgery two days before lockdown, policing the pandemic, the ban on sex work and uneven access to the government safety net. We'll also talk about fears around the disruption to the global supply chains of hormones, organising the biggest ever Black Lives Matter protest during the middle of the pandemic, job losses across the arts and higher education, and social isolation connecting online. Please join us. Feel so far away from myself. 3CR, 855am, 3CR Digital, 3cr.org.au and 3CR On Demand, Out of the Pan with Sally, first broadcasting noon till one Sunday afternoon. Thanks to Sam Elkin. Uh, What a great... um, you know, sort of project that Sam embarked on um, during um, annual leave too, um, transdemic um, stories of trans people in the current COVID-19 situation. Recapping our music for today thus far, once again, we opened up as only this show could with a gendered pun, um, Jean Pitney and Trans Canada Highway. Happy um, Canadian National Day um, on, on this coming Wednesday, July the 1st to um, any Canadians and expats listening anywhere. Um, in the middle of the interview, we heard um, an appropriate track for these times, um, I Will Survive by Gloria Gaynor, We Do the Camp Classics. And then we heard, um, similarly enough, from the doors, break on through to the other side. And lots of things to acknowledge this weekend, of course. Um, today is Stonewall Day. Um, and it's the 51st anniversary thereof, and let's keep that spirit going. And you can do it by, um, you know, sowing the seeds of queer descent in this case by supporting 3CR's Radiothon. Um, remember, if you're listening now or over the next couple of days, you can sneak in on a donation prior to 30th of June and fry your Denberg or something and get a tax deduction, all those sorts of things. But seriously, really, 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 dot, 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 a million times really important to support 3CR um, until we can do a full-on radiothon and do the usual fundraising events that we do. Something else that you can do um, at this stonewallish time and time in general, uh, Monday the 29th at 7pm, you can um, get on to Radical Women's event, um, Turn Rage Against Police Abuse into Rainbow Rebellion. 
and again, very, very timely. Um, anyone to think the queers programmed everything? Please, let's have that, have that happen. What a brilliant idea that would be. Um, so yeah, very, very much joined that one. Um, some news during the week, declaring my interest as a committee member of Trans Family. I know there's lots of good things to um, support, but Trans Family is now um, a um, tax deductible charity, so you can support them. Yes, and as well as Transgender Victoria and 3CR and all the causes Sam mentioned, they're all equally great, really. Um, you know, there's so much, but also we have to consider equity and inequity. So it's a tough call. Talking tough, look, it has been sadly a tough week for Melbourne's rainbow communities with the passing of Friday night into Saturday morning of Eamon Barbarasco. Um, he really just was community, rainbow community spirit personified and I think everyone's pretty, um, you know, sort of walloped by it all. If I can use such a strong term, I acknowledge that term is strong, but I think we're really taken aback. He's just one of those people at every event, he'd be there with his smile and his warmth and his physical presence will be sorely missed, but um, his spirit um, will certainly be with us in all the work that we do. And I hope we can memorialise him in lots of ways. Obviously difficult at the moment to do that with the COVID situation. And I, at the time of recording, no arrangements as yet. But he's just, he really just was the spirit of community, but his spirit will be there and if his physical presence is not. Um, if I get information at any point, I'll pop it onto all the social media channels, um, or Facebook more than anything, um, this the Out of the Pan page and more. Um, also, I um, just want to do a quick acknowledgement declaring any interest that... Um, today, I never realised this until a few years ago, the date of incorporation for Transgender Victoria was 28 June. How apt was that? It is Transgender Victoria's 20th birthday today. And gosh, we wish we could have a big togetherness thing there as well. But again, delays as Marvin the Martian said, delays, delays. But you know, seriously, Ian, you know, obviously had a lot of involvement in the organisation. Great to see it grow, but obviously can keep going, you know, there's always work to do to improve diversity and intersectionality. Um, I can't comment officially, I'm not a committee member anymore, but we would like to keep doing that. And again, I put the offer out to particularly people of colour and Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people, refugees, if you want to tell your story or talk about your organisation on the show, all you've got to do is get in touch. Well, leave it there, take it out today. I'm going to dedicate a song to Eamon Barbarasco, um, from someone who I replayed the interview last week, needing a week off, who was out here earlier this year when we could travel, CN Lester, and I just think that there couldn't be a more beautiful queer song written by a queer artist to play than this one from CN, Coming Home. Travel lightly, Eamon, and also got to give all the safe distance bear hugs to Daniel Woodhouse, who's such a great friend of Eamon and supported him towards the end. Thanks for tuning in to Out of the Pan, everybody. I'm Sally Goldner. Catch you next week.
You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.